0: You can be seated. So, did any of you get to experience spring for the first time yesterday? Did anybody get to go outside for like the first time in what feels like forever? um, Because it's been either too cold and then immediately too hot. But yesterday was just right. Was yesterday just right? At least before noon, it was just right, right? Like it was beautiful and the sun was shining and you could get outside and not freeze to death or burn up, it was, it was just right yesterday morning. My girls, they love this time of year because spring, it has so much promise and so much hope. The weather, it is finally getting warmer and the trees and the grass and the weeds and the flowers and the ferns and anything that grows up from the ground begins to bloom and works to cover our cars in pollen or pixie dust as it's known at our house. I'm the father of two little girls. The yellow stuff that's on the car is pixie dust. They still wonder why our car doesn't fly. Um, uh, But it's fun this time of year having, having children because they get to see so many new things. They get to see new flowers coming up from the ground. Um, but my girls, they especially love to see all of the babies that are around this time of year. Um, we've got, at our house right now, we have six beagle puppies, and so that's been a great adventure for us, watching these little tiny puppies grow up, and, and they're about to go off to good homes um, here in another uh, couple of weeks. Uh, we've been to Tractor Supply like 45 times to look at baby chicks and baby ducks, um, <laughs> they've seen baby goats I didn't know this was a big deal but we've seen baby goats we've seen big goats and, but their favorite my, Addie, my oldest daughter's favorite um, is, is baby lambs baby lambs because they're just so cute do you know how cute baby lambs are? have you seen a baby lamb? okay, let me enlighten you um, show the video of the baby lamb this is the first video you've got to check this out It's a vine, so we can just keep it going. We'll just be here for a while. Her name is Winter. Sweet lamb, right? Like, how could you not love something like that? It's the cutest thing in the world. This happens, we turn this video on at the house, and it's like 45 minutes of seven seconds of a baby lamb running up and down a hallway. It's the cutest thing ever, right? You ever met a lamb in person, like a sheep? Like, you ever seen what happens to a Sheep. When it becomes a lamb, they're not nearly as cute, right? A, a lamb is like a sheep, a sheep is like a goat with extra fur. I mean, you really, it's hard to tell the difference between a goat and a, and a sheep whenever they start getting on up and they all kind of smell all together. But Addie, my oldest daughter, she loves sheep, and that's maybe the cutest thing that she's ever seen. And so the girls, they, they've been interested in sheep, and it just so happens that this morning's scripture text is about shepherds, uh, the good shepherd. It's from John chapter 10, and um, what we're going to be looking at this morning is this image that we see throughout the Bible that speaks of Jesus as being the good shepherd, the good shepherd, a shepherd who knows his sheep, whose sheep know him. And if you've been been around Christianity for very long, you know that this is a major image in the Christian faith. Psalm 23, one of the most beloved sections of Scripture in the Bible, uh, a text that's almost always recited at funerals, begins with, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's, that's Old Testament. John brings that image forward in John chapter 10, when Jesus gives this good shepherd discourse, and so I want you to hear this because it's a classic text from Christianity and from the, from the Bible. So here it is, John chapter 10, beginning um, at verse 11. It says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not... The shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as my father knows me, and I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have, no other she- I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay, lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. There's two pieces of this text that really jump out to me. And the first is about a shepherd knowing his sheep. Sheep are super cute, right? Little baby lambs are super cute. Grown sheep... Not so cute. Um, they're big and kind of smelly and furry and stuff gets stuck to them. And, and tending sheep is kind of a very meticulous task. You've got to be about it all the time. A shepherd has to be very, very particular about his sheep and what they eat and and how their hooves are and what's stuck to them and stuck in their fur. Um, Tending sheep is a very, very meticulous task. And so a shepherd spends a lot of time with his sheep. And as Jesus says, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Now, some people didn't believe this was true. And so what they did was they tested it. They tested this truth that sheep know the voice of the shepherd. um, And they found some sheep and they found a shepherd. I want to show you um, this video because it illustrates the point about sheep knowing the voice of the shepherd. Go ahead and show that one. Do sheep only listen to the shepherd? Not the shepherd. Isn't that wild? Wouldn't you think that anybody could just walk up to a fence and call the sheep over? But sheep know their shepherd, and shepherds know their sheep. It goes back and forth like that. And that's what jumps out at me in this text, that the shepherd is able to call, able to, 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 to vocalize, and the sheep come running to him. It's like a sheep avalanche whenever the shepherd started calling, wasn't it? I mean, first a couple of sheep pop their heads up like, ooh, that sounds like somebody I know. Suddenly all the sheep have their heads up, and then it's sheep alanche you know, coming toward the shepherd because the sheep know the sound of the shepherd's voice, and the shepherd knows his sheep. And that strikes me with this text, that God is in this business of of calling out, and God's sheep, God's people, come running to him. And sometimes it takes a moment, and, and sometimes, you know, the sheep pick their head up, and they They wait before they go, and sometimes the sheep just come running. But the sheep know the sound of the shepherd's voice. That's the first thing that strikes me about this text. The second thing that strikes me about this text is what Jesus says. What strikes me, what jumps out is this bold claim that Jesus makes, that I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold that I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold, and I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Did any of you catch that in this text? That there will be one flock and one shepherd. Have you ever given much thought to what Jesus is talking about whenever he says that there will be one flock and one shepherd? For those of us who are sitting here and for those of us who are going about their business out there in the world today, there's some major implications for what Jesus says here. What strikes me is that quite simply, Jesus. Isn't done yet. That's what Jesus is getting at. Jesus' work isn't done yet. Despite his healings, and Jesus has done lots of them by the time you get to John chapter 10. Despite all of his preaching, and Jesus has done a lot of preaching by the time you get to John chapter 10. Despite all that he'd already done and planned to do, Jesus isn't done yet. He still has more sheep. To reach sheep that are not in this fold, in this place, in this community right now, sheep that are to be called and to be gathered in. And by extension, here's what I want to suggest to you that God isn't done yet either. That there are other people out there in the world that God is actively reaching out toward. God isn't done working in our world, God is still in the business of calling out and gathering people in. God hasn't gone to sleep. God hasn't taken a rest. God hasn't turned away from us. But God is working every single day to bring out the restoration and the redemption of all things. God is still at work, and this matters to us for at least three reasons. First, God continues to call people. That's a huge deal. God continues to call people. God is still at work in our world, calling people from all walks of life, from every nation on the face of the earth, from each and every generation across nearly 2,000 years since Jesus first uttered these words until today. God has been active in calling people to himself. If that weren't true, then you and I wouldn't be here today. If God weren't at work in the world calling people into a relationship with him, you and I would not be in this place today. We wouldn't go on mission trips to places like Brazil, the Dominican Republic, Jamaica. We wouldn't go around the world to share the good news of Jesus Christ if God weren't active and moving in our hearts and, by extension, out in the world. God is still at work. We wouldn't give money to support the work of UMCOR or Imagine No Malaria. Did you see that article this week on CNN about uh, the Methodist Church and the amount of money that was given to fight malaria in Africa? It's on CNN.com. You can check it out. We wouldn't do things like that if God weren't still at work calling people into a relationship with Him. Well, how is God doing that? That really is my second point this morning. Which is that God is at work calling people to himself through us. We are the conduits of God's great love. We are the ones who are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We are the ones who carry the great hope of the world in our hearts and in our lives. We are the ones who are scattered out like seed to bring back a harvest of righteous, We are the ones that God is counting on to call others into a relationship with him. God is using your life. God is using your words. God is using your actions to bring others into faith, into a relationship with Jesus Christ. God is still actively working in us and through us all. I mean, can you, can you imagine that simply by inviting simply by inviting someone to church that you might be the vessel through which God's power and God's presence is made real in someone else's life. Can you imagine that by simply inviting someone to come and experience what we know and understand to be real and present, God's presence here in this place, that by inviting someone in to this place that you could be the one to make God's power and presence known in a way that takes a sheep and brings them in to the fold of God. God's plan and God's purpose, they're being worked out through us. We're the plan, the church is the plan for the salvation of the world. It's God's spirit working in us and through us that comforts people who are mourning, that heals the sick, that walks alongside those who are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Y'all, we are across the street from a campus that is broken and hurting this morning, that has more questions than they have answers about the events of this past week and the loss of five nursing students, five Friends, five sisters, five daughters. There's no supernatural healing that's going to take place unless you and I walk across the street and meet those young men and young women right where they are. God is calling other sheep into the fold through us. We're the ones who will bring healing. We are the ones who will bring hope. We are the ones who will bring God's promise to reality for the world because God is at work in us and God is at work through us. There are people across the street who are struggling to find a purpose And a vision for what God would have them do and be and become. People who are looking for some sense of hope in the midst of all this hopelessness. And we're invited to extend a hand of grace. To extend our arms and embrace them. With the love that's embraced us and wrapped us up and held us tight. And here's the third thing about this text that jumps out to me. And the implications of the fact that God is still at work calling people to become a part of the fold and that God is using us. The third point is that you and I, we're going to be amazed by who hears our shepherd's call. We don't know because neither Jesus nor John tells us just what the limits of the fold of Jesus are. We don't know how big the flock is. We don't know who God will call into a relationship with with him. And we don't know who is going to respond. Jesus, though, is still calling and God is still searching. And in time, we will all be, as Jesus says, under one flock and under one shepherd. God is not done yet. And neither are we. Because if we will allow it, God will allow our lives to touch thousands upon thousands of other lives. If you don't believe it, look what a tragedy that befell five people has done to a campus of 28,000. One life, one life can affect thousands. Your life counts. And there are more people than you could ever imagine who are looking at you because you were a follower of Jesus Christ to show them the hope and the promise that you know to be true. If our God is calling others, other sheep to come into the fold, then shouldn't we be about the business Of gathering them in. Of opening our doors wide. To anyone and to everyone who would hear the call. To throw open our doors so that an avalanche of people might come. And receive the grace and the hope and the peace that we know. Shouldn't we be about that work? If that's what God's about. The problem is sometimes we like being in our own little flock way too much. We like our own little fold. And we don't want to be about the hard work of inviting others to come and experience how good our shepherd is. Sometimes we like our little flock and we like our little fold and we like the way that we do things. And because we're so stuck on our way and the sheep that look like us and act like us and smell like us, that stink like us, We don't open ourselves up to extend the grace that we receive to other people. God is active. Jesus is calling. Calling out to a world that is lost and broken through your life. Your life matters. And you can make a difference for the kingdom of God today. If you will allow allow God to speak to those around you through your life. And the way that you begin doing that is by getting serious about your walk with Christ. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? Do you know the one who calls you... My name, do you know the one who's counted every hair on your head that knows you're going out and you're coming in? Do you know the one who surrounds you and protects you? Do you know the one who has grace not only enough for today, but for tomorrow and for all eternity? Do you know your shepherd? And will you allow him to use you? Do you pray with me this morning? God, we we are sheep, and you are our good shepherd. You have laid down your life that we might be saved. You have given yourself over that we might truly live. So God, help us this morning. To share the gift that you've given us with a world that is lost and hurting. Help us to share the gift that you've given us with those who are next door to us in our homes and in our offices, with those who are like us, and even those who are unlike us, God. Because you're the one who is calling the world into a relationship with you. Help us to follow. Help us to trust. Help us to be transformed and to love you with all that we are and all that we have. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.